0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Currensville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Currensville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.currensvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to focus on the reality of Christmas for you and I. We're going to talk about an area that we maybe have not given thought to when it comes to Christmas. Because usually with Christmas, we understand the basic story, right? Jesus came as a baby. We understand the celebrations. We look forward to Uh, all all of the stuff that goes on I was just talking with Bruce yesterday evening when we were out singing he and I kind of encourage each other with our weight loss but we were talking about how this is a really hard time of the year because everybody's making cookies everybody's celebrating and you just don't want to be rude you know what I'm saying and uh, that's your excuse I'm using it now too brother Okay, so, um, but after the New Year's, we're going to get back on track, so, yeah. Um, but the fact is, to be honest with you, as we celebrate, sometimes um, we, we forget some things. We forget what we're celebrating. We forget the reality of the Incarnation. So I want to give you a couple of thoughts here, real quick, uh, about the truth of the birth of Jesus. But let's read about it first, okay? So if you'll notice in your Bibles, we're looking at verses 18 to 23. It's, it's something that was said to Joseph, but it, it's gonna fit with what we're gonna talk about here this morning. So I want you to notice with me verses 18 to 23. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page 757. And then you can also look on the screen. Here's what Matthew wrote. Now the birth of Jesus took place In this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, he was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So as we're thinking about the incarnation, because the incarnation is not just a theological term, it's a truth. It's a reality that God came among us in human form. He was fully God, fully human. I want to point out two things to you here that I think is very important because I think sometimes we miss it when it comes to Christmas. What do you mean we miss it, George? I understand. Yeah, but do you? So here's two thoughts I want you to have. Sometimes we can know a truth, but not grasp the reality of it. We can know the truth. So I think if everybody were here, and if I did, if we had a quiz time, and I was taking, taking and I'm not, taking a grade and how you're doing with your knowledge of doctrine, all of us would recognize that Jesus was born of a virgin. He wasn't conceived by man, but by the Holy Spirit. He's fully God, fully human. God came in human flesh. Everybody say, yeah, I know that. Yeah, but sometimes you can miss the reality of it. Sometimes with just knowing the truth, you don't really grasp what's really happening here. So the second point I want you to say is the birth of Jesus is more than just the story of a special baby. Celebrating Christmas, sometimes in our reductionist attitude, what do you mean our reductionist attitude? We like we like things in simple terms. We we like to reduce them down to, to simple things. And so when we, we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, the baby. When we celebrate Easter, we're celebrating what? The cross? And the resurrection. And, and so that's what it is in our minds. And we understand those truths. But it's more than just a story of a special baby. It's more than that. What do you mean it's more than that, George? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm explaining to you that it is about God's desire. Maybe you've never thought about that. God has a desire for us. He's got a desire for you. See, and I think, can I be honest with you, I think when we grasp that desire, that's when your Christian life can actually enter into another level. Because sometimes when we grasp this aspect of salvation and we know that we're forgiven, we, 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 we have this one level of faith But God wants us to go to another level of faith, and that is where you understand why he did what he did. When you understand why he gave you salvation. So why did he go to the cross? Not just to forgive you, but to forgive you for a reason. And the reason is that Jesus, God, the Father, wants to interact with you, but he can't interact with you in your unsafe state, in your unrighteous state, in your sinful state. Do you understand? Because there was a barrier. Jesus dying on the cross removed that barrier so that what? He can have a relationship with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, his desire is is to be with us. And so when you look at Christmas, we're celebrating God coming to be with us. I'll help you to understand, because that's where we're going to focus the rest of our message here. We're going to talk about God's desire. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through the Scripture and help you to understand that we're, we're not just celebrating the birth of a baby. We're celebrating, can I be honest with you? Are you ready for this? You having a relationship with God. Because He wants that relationship with you. Do you understand what I'm saying I mean, let's bring it down to a human level, okay just on a human level don't try don't go too far with the illustration, but you'll understand what I'm saying. so how many of you remember <clears throat> before you met your honey, your sweetie or whoever it was you you were alone and and you wanted to meet someone right you wanted to interact with somebody and 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 so then And I'm just so glad I'm married. I've been married for 30 years. I don't ever want to ever experience that whole trying to get married again feeling again. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Because I don't even know how I survived that. It was Lori having mercy on me. That's that's, that's what happened. So so when you you see someone and and that person you're attracted to, you've got this wrestling match like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in them. But are they, are you ready for, are they interested in you? Okay, are they interested in you? And, and sometimes the person you're interested in isn't interested in you. You know that, right? And so you're like, oh, well, that's obviously not the person. And, and, and until finally you find the one that is interested in you and there's this mutual thing and it progresses along the way. And so we have this human thing where we want to interact we want to interact with God, but here's the thing we wrestle with is he interested in us? That's a very big struggle. In fact, it continues on even for you and I as believers. Is he interested in us? And I'm going to tell you, Christmas tells us he is. The birth of Jesus in a manger tells us he is. The birth of Jesus is meaningful to each of us, not just because of Jesus coming and going to the cross so you can have salvation. It starts with a desire. It starts with the desire of God to dwell with us. How do you know that, George? Well, let's go all the way back to the beginning. You don't need to turn there. It'll be up on the screen. We're going to start with Genesis, okay? Okay. Genesis chapter 3. Now, Genesis chapter 3 is when Adam and Eve's sin is found out by God. But look at what verses 8 through 10 says, okay? Now, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him where are you and he said I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked I hid myself we all know that story right now here's what I want you to focus on that we can miss God came into the garden to walk with him and it seems like it was a regular occurrence only this time, instead of Adam and Eve being ready for God coming into the garden, they were hiding themselves because of what? Their sin. So the first thing I want you to see from the very beginning, in the beginning, God personally interacted with Adam. Can, can, can you and I grasp that for a moment? Okay. So if you're here, you understand God created everything, right? He created the world. He created the animals in the world. He created humanity, man and woman. Why? Why did he do that? Oh, wow, he's just a creator. He's just doing it. No, no, he had a purpose for everything. And when he created us, he created us special because he created us in his image to have a relationship. But guess what? We messed it up, didn't we? We sinned. And that relationship was broken. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you realize this, the Old Testament unfolds for you when you understand God's desire. So here's what he does. So you get through Genesis. You come to Genesis chapter 11. He calls out one guy. says, I'm going to make from you a nation, and you'll bless the world. Who was that? Abraham, right? Why? Why? Because he wanted a people to dwell in the midst of. A people to dwell in the midst of. And so you come all the way to, to Second Chronicles. Of course, it's represented at some time when you think about the tabernacle. Remember the tabernacle? That was where they were supposed to go meet with God. Whenever they camped, all of the tribes would, what, be surrounding the tabernacle. Because who was in the midst of them? God was in the midst of them. Again, when you got to the temple... God's presence was there. God was there. How do we know that? Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 1 through 3 talks about when Solomon dedicated his temple. Here's what it says. And as soon as Solomon finished his prayers, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of God because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. And when all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's just not some insignificant thing. It was God dwelling in the midst of his people in a temple. He wants to be with us. But we know how that story goes, right? Here he is, gods in their midst. Did they follow after him? No, they followed after other gods, the gods of all the other nations and so forth to the point of rebellion that God had to discipline them. And what? The temple was destroyed They were sent into exile. Even when they came back and rebuilt the second temple, they weren't fully there. And then what happens? Well, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, Paul reflects on this, talking about God's desire, but here's what he does. He tells us, again, it's up on the screen for you, Have this mind among yourselves, which is Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Here's what happens, folks. God so desires... To be with us. So the next thing he does, he takes on human form. Jesus. He came in human flesh to dwell with us. And guess what? Some understood and recognized him. And what? They followed. But guess what? The others? John makes it very clear. He came among his own and his own did not know him. They rejected him and hung him on a cross. What's God's desire? To be with us. And I think it's interesting because here, here are these people who, who have Jesus in their midst, the second person of the Trinity. God himself is in their midst and he's been telling them, or if you go, remember when we went through John, when we went through the upper room discourse, he's telling them, I'm going away. Now, God's saying, I'm going away? Wow, I don't know that I can handle that. You've been with me, Jesus. You've been been there with me. And he gives them a promise. Think about what it says in John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. He says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom you cannot receive because Neither sees him or no, because it sees him, neither sees him or knows him. you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus does the next best thing. He can't be here anymore, so what does he do? He sends the third person of the Trinity, God, the spirit, to be in us. And so here's the point I want you to see. God now dwells with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. Two more things I want to point out to you. Okay? His desire. Okay? Here it is. In the coming kingdom, Jesus will once again dwell with humanity. In the coming kingdom. When he comes back, what is he going to do? He's going to establish a kingdom. And he's going to be with us for a thousand years as king. in the middle of him and then finally here it is are you ready in eternity God will dwell with his people here's what Revelation said chapter 21 verses three to four all right you want to know what it's going to be like in heaven by the way you're not going to be in heaven I know we like to say that we say that generically you're going to be in the new kingdom in the new city Jerusalem in the new creation That's where we're going to be. And when we are there, here's what it says in Revelation. It is an amazing thing because it is the ultimate fulfillment of his desire. Now remember, what's his desire? He wants to be with who, folks? Who does he want to be with? Us, right? From the very beginning, but we messed it up. And throughout many opportunities, he wants to be with us. But even when he came among his own Israel, what? They put him on a cross. So what? I I send you another spirit. Until what? I can come and I'm going to establish my kingdom. But then when everything enters into eternity, and we're in the new heaven, the new earth, the new creation, listen to what he says in Revelation chapter 21. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Whoa, stop right there. That's all you need to know. He's going to dwell with you and I. But it doesn't stop there. Listen to what he says. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. God will be with you. And look, and this is, and notice, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We're going to be with him. In eternity, God will dwell with his people all right stop okay so we're talking about Christmas I already told you earlier when we were praying even as we are celebrating and we're excited we also recognize the fact there are some who this isn't a great time of year for them and so there's hurt there's pain there are regrets and sometimes when you're in the midst of that you wonder does anybody care do you know what I'm talking about I think we all go there right because if even though we dwell with people and people that we love and we think they know us well, they don't know us well. They, you, no matter how long you've been with a person, they don't know us well. And, 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 and the reality is, is there's always a part of you that is like longing. Is there somebody who understands? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Is there, is there somebody who understands my pain, my hurt, my loss, Yeah, there is. And it's the Lord. And one day, when we're in eternity, he's going to be in our midst and he, he himself, this is awesome, don't just let it pass away. Don't let it just fly over you when it says you'll wipe away your tears. He himself will wipe away your tears. That is such a picture of somebody who enters into your pain, isn't it? That's his desire. So, okay, let's get back to what we're talking about. We're talking about Christmas, right? We're talking about the baby Jesus coming among us, and and we know where he's going. He's going to the cross, and we're celebrating the first coming, and we anticipate the second coming. But again, we know the truth. We know the truth. Yes, we grasp the truth. We can communicate the truth. We we communicate that to our kids. We're here celebrating it. But have you grasped the reality of the truth? The reality of the truth is what that all reveals. One item among many items is, is that God wants to have a relationship with you. Not just you, but all of us. Not just us here, but everybody. That's why we're supposed to go and share about Jesus, right? So that others can know about Christ and the forgiveness so that they too can enter into that relationship with him. Christmas is about God's desire to be with us. Forever. So that you... Don't have to feel alone so that you can have the comfort you've always wanted, so that you can have the fulfillment that you've always wanted. Do you understand? Do you know what I mean? It's the longing that we have. Like, sometimes we think, well, you know, if I get married, then that's—if you haven't realized this yet, your spouse isn't going to bring the fulfillment that you think— they're supposed to bring. I mean, that's maturity when you realize that, right? Because they can't. That's not who brings you the fulfillment. Because the hole in your life can only be filled by who? God. So as we celebrate Christmas and we enjoy our time with family, and as we come off of our sugar comas at the end of the week, right? Life then goes on, but again, we're not alone. Because our celebration of Christmas reveals to us that we have who? The Lord, who wants to have a relationship with us. That's the truth of Christianity. That's the truth of Christmas. I hope you embrace it. Let me pray for you.